This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to a special Media Matters for Anfield Index. And I do mean special, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from a, a sunny but windswept Edinburgh. And it's not me, or would love to say it was, but it's not me that makes it special at all. I am genuinely delighted to say, and I was about to say we've almost snared him, but that makes it almost like we've got him in a trap, but he's here of his own free volition. The well-renowned, the well-respected sports writer and journalist and many other things, but a Liverpool aficionado, as I'm going to call him, the Tomkins Times, it's Mr. Paul Tomkins. Paul, how are we? Uh, yeah, very very, very good. Um, <laughs> I, I don't tend to do many podcasts, as people may know, um, but when you asked about this one, you caught me a pretty good moment for having things to say. And I thought, yeah, it's better to, to, to speak to people like you than to just, you know, be in my basement ranting, um, at the world. So yeah, more than, more than happy to, to, um, make an exception. And, um, yeah, <laughs> in this week of all weeks, which has driven me, um, yeah, to, uh, to new levels of, um, of, of frustration. Let's call it that. Yeah, I can well imagine. Timing is everything, as they say, but delighted we managed to, to get you at the right time. And ladies and gents, we'll, we'll naturally be going through a, a myriad of things. We'll have to obviously talk about the, the Spurs events and all those bits. And we'll naturally also lead on, which I'm sure many of you are, are read, to Paul's Homer Sapiens study. So we won't want to sort of pick apart that and get into specific bits and even get sort of Paul's thoughts on the season so far ahead and who he thinks shining for us as well. So there's a million things to, to talk about. And Paul, it seems logical to, to almost start at the top, the, this whole Spurs gate, I think someone tweeted this morning, as they called it, maybe at the, the VAR, the PGMOL, all these things involved. I mean, it seems crazy that it's it's nearly three days after the event and items new seem to be coming out almost hourly it feels and that you know this is rumbling on second by second i mean maybe may a an easy question in one way but not easy to answer with with everything that's happened so far and where we are now with the, the statements from both parties and the latest news that we've got what would you say is your overriding feeling on it all right now yeah it's it, 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 it's a it's a weird one in the People, I got really annoyed at some of the. I don't go on Twitter X much anymore, but obviously, again, I, 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 I took. To, I, I tend to take to the platform just to rant about officials because 
you know, that's that I've been tracking for six, seven years of various data yeah. on officials. So that's kind of that's something that once you've seen, once you've seen patterns, I know you can have confirmation bias, but once you've seen patterns, once you've seen things, then you you will spot them. So it's like on formations. If you if you're aware of what a certain formation is, you can quickly spot when a team is in that formation. I quickly True. Spot, like patterns in in data and things like that. So the so the so the whole official thing um is kind of and it's something that I actually I know a lot of people get sick of me talking about and some some people just don't want to talk about the official but when it when it gets to something like that where a perfectly good goal is disallowed, and there are two people. So, 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 there, so there was comparisons to to the Ireland France game. Let's replay that. Let's replay the yeah. ghost goal game. But there wasn't goal line technology for the ghost goal game. Garcia and the ref, ref said anyway he was going to send off. Was it pass check? He, he was going to, you know. So there wasn't there, there wasn't VAR for the Thierry Henry handball against Ireland. We are paying these people lots of money, and there are two of them specifically: one to focus on general things, and one just to do offsides and to work together yeah. with assist with other assistants and tech people to get this decision, this objective decision, right at a key point in a game where Liverpool have already had what I thought was a was a, a harsh decision in that Jones's foot bounced off the ball, so it's so yeah. I'm also very much aware of the psychological uh, act of priming. So, like the first thing information you give someone, then they are more likely to stick with that than be changed from it. So then you had Darren England showing Simon Hooper the worst possible still. Yeah, it wasn't. Which even Michael Richards on Matter Day said we don't want to see this. Darren Neville says no. It said no, 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 no. That is priming. That is psychological priming. That is saying this is what's happened. The whole point of, of the VAR replays was not to do them in slow-mo, was not to do them from the worst picture. The whole point they said was to try and give the referee an idea of the incident in real time. So Darren England has already done that. And then you just have this... Uh, it, 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 it's just bonkers. And Now, I've, I, 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 the early years of the lines, I was driven mad, like the, the Firmino... Um, Offside with the offside, Henderson scored the goal in the yeah. another, another terrible game at Everton with when David Coop was the VAR. I don't think he's he's not done a since in any capacity. I don't think uh, maybe as a VAR, definitely not as a ref. But but that one when the off, offside where, the, where, the, where there was no margin of error built into the offsides and uh, and and so you had like a like a thirty centimeter thing where it could go either way. And I'm saying, well, that's that line. He, he he's at least level. So, but now, yeah. now they built in the the margin of error. So I accept the lines. They draw the lines. I accept the lines. On this, which drives me mad, is that they put up the the screen that says VAR checking offside. The lines aren't drawn on that VAR, that their very own VAR screen, and they say that the and, and it doesn't come up with the little onside or the little offside at the bottom. Yeah. They are then saying that they did draw the lines, but if they drew the lines, they should be on that image. And it's basically, it's not even like a penalty where if it's a stonewall penalty, you've still only got an 80% chance of scoring. It's a goal. It's a, so, and it's an objective goal. So it's not like, it's not like all these subjective decisions or all these decisions before technology. This is something that, Again, Alan Shearer said it's the worst one ever. Dale Johnson of ESPN said it's the worst one ever. This is kind of beyond beyond the norm. I think even Gary ne- Gary Neville might have backtracked stuff, but but you know his real his real time reaction was was pretty sort of damning. So so yeah, so it's it's kind of it's just hard. To, and I think Liverpool were right. You know, the game to be replayed. I'm not necessarily advocating for that, but again, you wouldn't replay a game from 2005. You wouldn't play a game from 1999, but a game that's just been played, the stage was played the day before when Liverpool made their statement, then at least that could be an option that you would explore. Can we play the game again 
because at the very least, the sporting integrity has been called into question on that. Mm. On that, and, and before I wrote a lot of the stuff, I, I kind of wrote, I, I, I published my piece. I've been working on this various parts of the data for, for years, but then I recollected all the data in the summer, and then I was updating it as the season went on. I spent months on this, and then in the end, I just kind of dumped it all out in one mass thing on. on um, I remember was it was it the day after I think it was just I think I was up half the night just working on it you know got that out the next day and I didn't even know that the, the officials had been in the United Arab Emirates 48 yeah. earlier um my geography is not so good that I knew that I didn't realize that that Abu Dhabi is part of the United Arab Emirates and Abu Dhabi obviously owns Man City and you know you're adjacent M- Michael Oliver a big Newcastle fan to me the best ref or was the best ref huge Newcastle fan doesn't do Newcastle games but goes to do the Souths games in the Saudi league the Saudis own his beloved Newcastle so you've got all this this new new dimension of things which is even if there is that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not alleging any conspiracy, but all these officials are now opening themselves up to accusations of conspiracy. And they're also yeah. traveling. I'm, you know, in my naivety, I thought that the, that the PGML's job was to supply referees to the Premier League who focus on the Premier League and who are not swanning about the world and getting back, getting back from the UAE the day before this game. I mean, it's just, there's just so many levels to it that it's kind of, yeah, it's blown my mind, really. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I, I, I could well imagine. I think we're all for for certain parts almost waiting even for more revelations or things to come out. And th- that was genuinely going to be my next question, sort of the the next stage things to come out. And there's maybe a bit of a what your gut tells you. Do you think the PGR MOL will release the audio? I know there's talk they're going to release it to Liverpool. I suppose whether you think it will become public, does your gut tell you that will happen? I think that Liverpool are so pissed off about this. Again, I don't know. Occasionally, I'll speak to people at the club. I haven't spoken to anyone at the club for a while. Um, but my guess from the statement is that they they will want this released. They will want this discussed. I would presume on the show where they discuss, you know, because because I you know I've got all the data about Paul Tierney and what I'm, what an absolute shambles he is for Liverpool and. The, the sending off of McAllister, Alexis McAllister, it, it didn't surprise me in the slightest that they didn't release the VAR audio on that when it was a clear, a clear error by the referee that an independent panel said was an error that Gary Lineker called a sort of nonsense of a decision. And you've got, you've got Paul Tierney as the VAR and you've got Constantine Hazardikis the guy who elbowed Andy Robertson just a few months earlier as his assistant. Yeah. What the hell are they talking about? You know, maybe they are being professional because there are other people in the building. But, you know, that that, that pair go back to, to Klopp's very first, um, Teeny's very first game against West Brom when um, the, the, the linesman, you know, ruled out Solanke's last-minute goal that was an accidental handball when that was still... Allowed it bounced off his chest, then his arm, and then in, and so you've got the same combination there. They were the same combination, linesman and referee at Spurs two seasons ago, for which I would have put down 
as until this weekend, perhaps the worst officiating and VAR display I've ever seen when Harry Kane lunged off the ground into Robertson's shin. Yeah. That was a yellow card. Jota was absolutely clotheslined in, in, in the box. No penalty. And then Andy Robertson, little kick out, not violent, wouldn't have hurt anyone. Straight red card. Um, I think Chris Kavanagh was the VAR for that one. But it's just a, there's just a group of referees and officials that 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 I don't trust, and it doesn't have to be that they're being bribed. It doesn't have to be you know that, that they you know what I mean that they are fully anti Liverpool. I am absolutely certain that Klopp has pissed off a good half of the PGML and pretty much half of the PGML and pretty much half of the refs are from Yorkshire and Manchester, Greater Manchester. There's also okay. a fair few from Merseyside as well, to be fair. Um, but it is it is like a cabal as I see it. And I don't trust the PGML as it stands in that they've managed to employ the worst ex-refs from Yorkshire in, co- in key coaching positions and it just seems like, you know, the last four heads of the referee, in, uh, uh, you know, PGML, whatever it was called before, are all from York, have all been from Yorkshire. It just seems like, um, it doesn't seem like the most sort of diverse. I say there's very few, I don't think it, certainly in the, in the 1200 games I looked at, there wasn't a single game refereed by somebody from London. There were, th- I think there's been three Premier League games refereed by somebody from the east of England. You know, these are mostly, you know, guys like me, white guys in their fifties who can't run anymore. Um, and until last season, some of the, many of them were still refereeing. So I just, I just find the whole PGML an absolute sort of sham of a, of a, an organization. Um, and whatever the, whatever the, again, I don't think it's a, you know, I don't think they're getting together in secret meetings to plot how to, how to bring yeah. Liverpool. I do think that, that they really, really hate Jurgen Klopp. And I think that, that shows in the data of the refs and fourth officials that he's had run-ins with and what happens afterwards. So, so that, yeah, so that's my, um, <laughs> that's my take on that. But yeah, will the yeah. audio, will they, will they release the audio? If they release it to Liverpool, I think Liverpool are going to demand that it's released generally because they, you know, we should know what's happened. If it is, if it is an honest mistake, you know, in, inexplicable as it is, then if it's honest on on the audio, release it. Then we still want to know why nobody then sort of piped up saying, "Wait, yeah. you know what I mean?" So, you know, yeah, it's uh, it will be fascinating to see what happens. And naturally, I do want to ask you about this. There's a study. I'm sure, ladies and gents, who are listening, that. You've read that on the, the Tompkins Times, the Homo sapiens studies may be aptly titled. And it's, it's a fantastic piece of almost a cumulative work, so to speak. I know it's been released, Paul, obviously, with what's happened the other day. But for those who sort of had a, a gist of it or not seen it, it does refer to usually the, the four biggest teams. I think it's fair to say Liverpool being one of those. It does encompass approximately 1,200 games. I mean, I. I I know, obviously, Paul, that it's the other day that everyone's talking about, but this, I mean, this is a piece of work. And I want to give it its full respect here. You've been working on for months. So what was there almost a, I know that the release of it's coincided with the recent event, but was there almost a, a driver for this? Or was it just almost a, a build-up for you where you thought, I'm not happy with these decisions. I've got to get the data to, together to, does it back my thesis, that type of thing? Was there a, a one-off? event or was it just a cumulative effect so to speak yeah it's cu- cumulative as i say i've spoken on the um index um and other websites many many years ago about um i just started doing sort of penalty studies originally because i just wondered why liverpool weren't getting many many penalties and then with the help of some people on my site we researched well, i think it was all 600 penalties in the premier league between 2012 and 2019. So I think, yeah, we did this four years ago. And 
we've got the playing minutes of every, you know, so I split people into homegrown and foreign. Yeah. Just to see what the, what the, you know, what the skew was for decisions. And there was kind of like, uh, and I ran it past a couple of university professors who subscribed to the site. And, you know, there's statistically significant, um, favoritism for English players, uh, you know, and British players, homegrown at the back. And so meaning they conceded far fewer penalties than you would expect based on minutes played, even though, you know, you're talking about players like Harry Maguire, whereas the foreign defenders are players like, you know, Virgil van Dijk and at the time Vincent Kompany. And yeah. at the other end, English strikers far more likely to win a penalty. So Vardy, Sterling, um, Calvert-Lewin, you know, um, players like Firmino, Firmino and Sadio Mane won virtually zero. Mo Salah won, won a few, but nowhere near as many. Um, again, like some like Wilf, Wilf Sahar, who grew up in England, played for England before he switched. Tons and tons of penalties. So there was a clear statistical bias in that. And, and, and we didn't look into English internationals, but I imagine that if you played for England, you were far more likely to get a penalty and far less likely to concede one. Stuff like that. So, you know, the standard biases that, that people just think, oh, even themselves out, but actually they, they don't. And one of the things I noticed that was that when Liverpool had, used to have more British and English players, they would win more penalties. So, and if the manager was British, Liverpool would win more penalties. So when it was Benitez and when it was Klopp, Liverpool were treated far more harshly than when it was Brendan Rodgers, Kenny Dalglish, and even Roy Hodgson. So, wow. again, you can you can you can start to think this is coincidence, you know. But then that's kind of one one of the reasons why we looked at those penalties. And then just then I've done various things on refs over the over the years, and then just this summer I just I just wanted to look at because I was just like looking at all refs' games for these four clubs. So the four clubs I picked were Liverpool, <coughs> Man, <coughs> excuse me, Man City, Man United and Chelsea, who had the, the four teams with the, with the best. So I looked at XG for and against over the eight-year period. Yeah. I looked at the Jurgen Klopp period because I thought that's when things started to change. Obviously, Klopp's still manager, so looking at the Klopp era is, is relevant. So we're looking at over 300 games, or around 300 games, league, league games per per team. And I've done some stuff last season, but I wanted to be a bit more accurate and work out, well, someone like Michael Oliver, he's probably doing more tough games for Liverpool. Ditto, right. Ditto Anthony Taylor. You've got these other refs. You've got these these refs that you find that... That just do the, the just do the the low key games, um, and so I went through. All, I, I exported all the data from transfer market on every referee for all these clubs in 2015, all the league games. So it's got the data, it's got the score, um, it's got the league position of each team at the time of the game. It's so it's got various bits. It's got yellow, you know, yellow cards. Uh, second yellows, reds, um, penalties, four against, you know, whether the game is home and away. So I could split it down and be more accurate. And uh, I wanted to be more accurate to the referee. Yeah. I've been, been hammering people like Tierney. And then I want to, you know, and then something, something would pop up in the data and I, I would think, oh, actually, you know, or, or there'd be a game, say, when Tierney d- does a good job for Liverpool. And somebody would say, oh, well, that's proof. That he's that he doesn't have a problem with Liverpool, and I'm like, well, now let's look at his whole data. So, so that was kind of the a bit, but the teeny thing was what I think that all started to push me over the edge last season. Towards the end of last season was the was the Spurs game because another piece of research I'd done was looking at um, how Mo Salah, you know, was. Just given almost no free kicks per game, yeah, uh, and that that ended up with Klopp, and Klopp mentioned that in a press conference, and then after that, any time Salah got like like because the the incident last season was when Ben Davis grabbed Salah from the front, Salah spins around him, 
Davis then wrestles him to the ground and um, Tierney says, play on. Mantle. Klopp goes mad, absolutely mad, because it's in front of him, down the touchline. He runs. He's then in He's then in John Brooks's face. Um, and then this is where it all gets... Go, this is where it goes from bad um, for Liverpool to, like, really, really bad. The officiating since then, even though Liverpool had a few penalties, the, the, the overall balance has been absolutely shocking since then. And I was aware of that at the end of last season. And then that kind of, that, that's only got worse this season. So I, I have an interesting fact since I've, since I've published the study. One thing I was looking at this morning is that there's been 12 league games. So I'm going to do this on league game. There's been 12 league games since that Spurs home match where, where Klopp, Brooks and Tierney were, you know, where it all got explosive. Mm-hmm. I think Klopp got banned for that, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. That? Yeah, yeah. Since then, a third of the games have involved either Tierney or Brooks, Liverpool's games, wow. as VARS. So, so there's that. And the decision balance. So one thing I look at is decision balance. So for, for, for a top side, in the, two, in the 1200 games, for a top side, for these top sides since 2015, they would get a positive balance, more or less 1.7 for every one conceded, if that makes sense. So you're getting up towards two, two big decisions in your favor. Yeah. For every one you, so, so two penalties you should get for every one you concede. It's less, less clear on red cards and, and, and second yellows. That's a bit murkier. But when you, when you add them all together, it's, yeah, so it's getting up for, for, for a two to one ratio. And then I, then I kind of plotted that per ref per game. And, and when you do it, almost all of the refs have a negative, um, I put it on a bit, a, it's a bit of a crazy scatter plot, but, but almost all the refs are below the line of where they should be. A lot of these are the newer refs. And, what, what, what I did this morning, so, so if, if anyone's seen that scatter plot, I, I thought, what if we looked at the last 12 referees as if they were one referee mm. on these 12 games and they would come out, out of this whole study, as the, the worst referee for a club. So, wow. I'm, so in 88 club ref combinations, so that would be so like Michael Oliver for Liverpool, Michael Oliver for Man City. Um, Anthony Taylor for the four clubs, um, all of those things. So basically, on a per game basis, Liverpool have, have been, you know, so this is just a 12 game sample. But is there a reason for that, for, for, for something to have happened 12 games ago that would, that would suggest that something, you know, something might have changed? And, and if you look at, Pretty much all the decisions, and again, this doesn't include that balance. Doesn't include the, the VAR decisions that have gone that were failures. So, like the failure of Tierney at the VAR um, for the McAllister red, that doesn't include the absolute clusterfuck of of Saturday. That doesn't include not you know there was no decision for the clearest the clearest red card you've seen in that twelve game period. Was Tyrone Mings kung fu kicking Cody Gakpo in the upper chest and cutting his chest open? That was that, karate kick, yeah, karate kick, yeah. That, that that was that karate kick was the, the, the clearest red card we've seen in that twelve game period, and that was only a yellow. And again, that wasn't changed by that was John Brooks. That was after Klopp had shouted at John Brooks. That wasn't. That, that wasn't upgraded. I can't remember who the VAR was that day, but that wasn't upgraded to a red. Now, the, the McAllister one was given as a red. Wasn't even a foul, really. The Van Dyke one, it's so borderline. The, the Curtis Jones one, borderline. And the Jota one wasn't, it wasn't a, 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 the first yellow wasn't a yellow. Yeah. So, so my thesis is that, that anytime there's anything borderline, Liverpool are going to get hammered. 
even when there's something fairly obvious, like the Gakpo, the, the, the Mings assault on Gakpo, even then they're, 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 they're kind of taking the piss a bit. So, but, the, but these last 12 games ge- does generally fit the general trend with Liverpool. It's just got even worse from the 300 game trend has just got even worse over the last 12 games. And again, that's a small sample size. I know you guys yeah. have got data, but it's, you know, it's interesting all the same, I think. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, just it. Even just like say for that, since that incident with Tierney, Brooks, Clark, that Spurs game, that, I mean, that 12 games, ladies and gents, that is just staggering. And I think that that's probably the, the key line I took away from it as well, Paul. Basically, if it's a borderline decision, Liverpool are going to be hammered or screwed, possibly as the case may be in that regard as well. I mean, the date is staggering, but obviously you've given us a brilliant little sort of snippet there. One, one question I did want to ask you, and it's kind of linked to this, but it's kind of jumping to the, the next base, so to speak. If you were Liverpool, if you were sort of Jurgen Klopp, sort of in charge of it, how would you go about tackling this with the PGOMOL? Would you think you just work along the lines of data, have this chat, try and get to an accord? Or what do you think would be your strategy if you were in the, the corridors of power, so to speak, at Anfield? Yeah, I mean, I know from speaking to people at Liverpool on some of the, you know, I, I have spoken to people about the, you know, the officiating stuff I've done in the past. Um, I don't necessarily know. Again, I don't, like, I don't think they've gone to the PGOML with my data, but I know that obviously Klopp was very, was, you know, was talking about the Salah stuff in his in his press conference. Um, I know Liverpool have approached, yeah, would it be the PGOML, the FA, the Premier League? I don't know. You know, there, there, there's... yeah. So many people involved. I I would get somebody to do, get somebody neutral, pay somebody. Well, you know, say somebody you could pay somebody starts with like the Barcelona thing, but then the Barcelona thing was paying refs at the time. Do you know what I mean? But get get yeah. a data analyst, an analyst to go through all the data that I've gone through and present it. You know, my, I mean, my my data is all pretty objective, but I, I still. I, I still throw in a few insults in there uh, at the about the officials because they are so incompetent and just you know yeah. uh, you know the, one of the other problems I've seen is, is that if you talk about this stuff, there, there's a problem with conspiracy theorists and conspiracy theories as as a, a as a cultural problem right now. In that either you've got to be yeah. in on conspiracy conspiracy theories. You know, you, you think that there are lizard people walking around, or there's no such nothing can be. You know, no, that can't be a conspiracy. Don't that, you know? And and I think a lot of people that work in the media, certainly a lot of people that have got Liverpool connections and that work in the media, their job is to deny that there could be anything like a conspiracy. And what I'm alleging is not is not a grand let's stop Liverpool conspiracy. What I'm alleging is the softer conspiracy, the, the the corruption of refs. Oh, I really hate Klopp. I'm not giving that. This is 50-50, right? Van Dyke, you're off. You know, and the VAR, I'm not going to look at this. You know, I'm not going to do anything here. And 
you know, so Darren England had been interesting to me anyway, because in about 50 games involving the main four, he'd done just four overturns as the VAR, and two of them were for handball. Now, I started taking handball out of the equation. I looked at just fouls. So I took out offsides because Liverpool, Liverpool are massively harshly treated by lines, you know, the system linesmen, lines people. Yeah. They get the offsides for Liverpool at both ends wrong more than they do for any other club. They're more likely to punish Liverpool and then it goes to the VAR and it's like, oh, you know, we draw the lines. Part of that is because Liverpool hold a very high line and it's hard to say. True. Part of that is because, I don't know, why did that, why did that line O flag when Luis Diaz was on side? Why did he flag? It's a close one at the very, you know, so, sorry, excuse me, I'll, I'll, I've got, um, got notifications coming through, I'll close that. Yeah, so, so, but anyway, I've got rid of offside because offside should be objective. Handballs are very complicated. Nobody knows what a handball is anymore. So I just looked yeah. at, I looked at fouls, physical. So I did the, all the VAR stuff from those 1200 games relating to physical contact, player on player contact. So penalties, denied penalties, dives, that, you know, penalties that were overturned for dives, um, violent conduct, upgrades from yellows to reds, all those, all those kind of things. And down England in all those games had done two, two of those, you know, two player to player contact decisions, overturns he had suggested. Um, so he was like the least, he was like the least active VAR. Wow. And interestingly, in those, so Simon Hooper had done 18 or 19 games involving the main four. He'd given one decision, one big decision in those, I think it was 18 games. He'd given one big decision in 18 games. So we had the most inactive ref who never gives big decisions. We had the most inactive VAR who never gives big decisions. And I joked beforehand on the site, you know, penalty to Spurs today, and you know, was kind of right, wrong, wrong call, but you know, to turn up with, with with two red cards and a disallowed legitimate goal was was yeah was was fairly bonkers. So, you know, part of what I do is trying to work out who gives decisions where they give decisions, why they give decisions. Now, I know, I know one of the things you wanted to ask about was Anthony Taylor. Yeah, crazy. Now, one of the problems with with confirmation bias and, and one, one of the pro- problems I have with with refereeing analysis in general is that people will always use one, one incident to confirm something. So I heard somebody saying, oh, well, Tierney did a did a good job in one game for Liverpool. Oh, so Tierney's fine. No, that's, that's not how, you know, not, that's not how it works. Now, I always thought that Anthony Taylor was terrible for Liverpool until I went through the data last season initially. Turns out he's okay. He's one of only, so out of the 22 referees, only five are above the line of expected. So 17 are below the line of expected. And again, for all the other clubs, it's pretty much an even mix of above and below, but for Liverpool, it's like over four times as many below the line as above. So, but Taylor's just above. Um, what I found interesting, so I was like, hang on, we need, we need to be generous to Anthony Taylor. You know, we need to be fair to him because. Yeah. Everyone remembers the, the company, Vincent company on Salah, which he completely bottled at Man City. But o- overall, He's not too bad for Liverpool. Now, in this latest data set, when I broke it down by opposition strength, and, and, and if you look at the decisions for the main four by opposition strength, home and away, there's a graph I created where, where you've got these lovely parallel rising lines. So if you're at home, you're more likely to get a big decision against the weakest teams than the best teams, and it tracks upward. And the same happens wow. but just at a lower level because you're not going to get as many decisions as away. Anyway, turns out when I looked at Taylor's data, pretty much all his decisions have been given at Anfield. 
So at Anfield, Anthony Taylor is really generous to Liverpool. He had that really weird game against Brentford at the end of last season after the Portini thing where he absolutely lost the plot. But apart from that, he's generally generous to Liverpool Anfield. Away from Anfield, not so generous at all. Um, one of the, so, so perhaps the most unexpected and yet still doesn't surprise me because the way, the way biases work and the way that people try to hide their biases work mm-hmm. is that Manchester refs at Anfield are very generous. So once I re, I worked this out a couple of weeks ago and then along comes Chris Kavanagh gives Liverpool a penalty at Anfield. Same weekend, what I'd realised is that Manchester refs in Manchester, so at the Etihad and Old Trafford, are not very generous. And in the same, so at the same, on the same day, Anthony Taylor sent off, sent off Rodri, I believe it was Anthony Taylor, wasn't it, that sent off Rodri from, you know. Yeah. Another, another stat that I found was that uh, Stuart Atwell is the biggest homer in the league by far with like 20, 20 of his 25 big decisions have gone to the home team. And usually it's to the, it's, it's to a main four side. So when, when I found that out and then when I saw the Man United Nottingham Forest game where there were two borderline decisions, my money would have been on Atwell giving those big decisions to the big side yeah. at home. Do you know what I mean? Now, there were anti-Homer refs who were like these curmudgeonly refs who just won't, you know, and uh, what was his name? Mark Clattenburg, his, his final career, you know, his, his final year before he he went rogue got, and went off, went off to the Saudi League. He was just giving everything against the, the main four. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Um, but generally, so you can find these trends of who is, who, 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 who is the you know the homer who who who, yeah. who is the big who favours the big teams who favours the small teams? Do you know what I mean once you start once I started splitting it down, I was getting these patterns where you could you could almost start you can never predict for sure, but decisions started popping up in keeping with the data. Now that was until until the Spurs game when you had the most inactive ref and the most inactive VIR. Suddenly, you know, having one of the most frantic active games ever, really. So, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, the same applies talking about the Manchester ref, but the same applies to Scouse refs. Mike Dean was always more generous at Old Trafford and at the Etihad than he was at Anfield. He didn't do a lot of games at Anfield, but started doing them during COVID. Um, he never gave a big decision for Liverpool Anfield. Um, and yet these same referees. So I think Dean was, Mike Dean was harsher on City and United away. So it's almost like when they're at, when they're at the most scrutinized. So Mike Dean going to Old Trafford or the Etihad or Anthony Taylor coming to Liverpool to Anfield. They're, they're making decisions to to prove a point, to prove that they're not. Yeah. Um, do you understand what I mean? So there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of that in the data that 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 again doesn't say that they're taking bribes. It doesn't say that they're corrupt. It doesn't say that they're having meetings. It says that when when Anthony Taylor is at Anfield, he will be generous to Liverpool. When he's anywhere else but Anfield, he will be unhelpful to Liverpool. Do you see what I mean? So yeah, wow, wow. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it, it's staggering. And l- ladies and gents, I mean, and thank you because I'd really appreciate you laying all that out for us, Paul. As we said, that that is based on facts, figures, research, and it, it almost seems like it, it's. I don't know if irony is the right word, is it, Paul? But it almost seems like the link between this season's Spurs game, obviously away. And last season, Spurs game at home, and obviously the Brooks, the Tierney. Spurs are maybe just the troublemaker in the whole process. Maybe that's fair or unfair to say. I don't know in a strange way. 
I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Could I, could I just quickly add that, that, that you, not only did you have the, the other Spurs game that I mentioned, which was, and again, I don't think this has got anything to do with Spurs. This is just, just coincidence, but you know, you had the Spurs game two seasons ago that I was the, previously the worst officiating display I, I think I'd seen. And then you had the Spurs home game where Jonathan Moss gave Spurs two penalties. Including, oh, yeah. Including one where he asked the linesman, what does the video have? Or ask the fourth official, what does the video have? This was before VAR. And then you have, we went a year where those penalties to Spurs outnumbered the entire penalties Liverpool were given at Anfield. So there was a year where Liverpool won one penalty at Anfield and Spurs in one game had won two. So you kind of have all these weird, weird anomalies. And again, I look for holes in the data. It's, it, any incident can be explained away. Perhaps this happened, perhaps, you know, human error. But w- when you look at 1,200 games, you know, hundreds and hundreds of decisions and the patterns of those decisions, where they're made. The other, the other things I wanted to talk just briefly is the yellow cards. So there's, there's far more, far less VAR intervention in general at Anfield. There are, there are far fewer yellow cards handed out to either team at Anfield. There are far fewer big decisions made at Anfield. This is over an eight-year period. And so I also have this, hunt, this feeling that refs go to Anfield and don't want to do anything because they're going to get lambasted on social media for, you know, oh, you've, gone, you've given Liverpool a penalty. So... There's that. The other stat that I mentioned that we've now checked the figure on is that it's now 301 Premier League games, 301 Premier League games since an opposition player was sent off against Liverpool for a second yellow. Wow. That was Sadio Mane for Southampton in in Klopp's first or second home game. Yeah. And the minimum, the minimum that any other club has had in that time has been five second yellows for opposition players. You've got Palace, who I think are on 12 or 13. You've got Spurs, who are now up to 10. Liverpool have won. And, and since that game, since that game, you know, in Cops tenure, since, you know, so if you go back to like the third game of Cops tenure, since then there's been none. And again, if refs aren't giving opposition players yellow cards to start with, in yeah. games, they're never going to give them second yellows. If they've given them the first yellow, they're not going to do what they did to Jota. They're going to go up to... If that was an opposition player at, at, against Liverpool, they would go up to him and say, calm down. But you could see in that situation that, that, that Hooper was... He was getting that card out, wasn't he? He was like, there, there, there's no messing. And that's the difference. It's the, again, it's borderline things. It's things like nobody really looks at second yellow cards. You know, people analyse the big, the big red cards, don't they? You know? True. So, you know, it's all in the data, but if anyone else wants to go and check it, Transfer Market, as I say, has got tons, tons of refereeing data. I just exported it all from there. People want to do the same, have a play, see what you can find. I think that Spurs and Arsenal are also not treated that great either. But over the, over the eight year period, Liverpool and Man City have been so far ahead 
of the others. And Man City get decisions in line with what you would expect as the best team over that period. But Chelsea and Man United do better than Liverpool for, for big decisions. And they've been miles behind Liverpool overall over the last eight years. So whatever the reason, I think there's lots of little, <clears throat> little biases, little issues, little, you know, the Anfield factor, the Klopp factor. And, and as you say, somebody could do something with this data. What the club does with it, I, I don't know. All I can hope is that the PGOML are shamed into into being um, fairer, and, you know, just fairer, not you know, not not biased towards it. We'll just be fair. Yeah. And um, but my fear is that the more this goes on, the more this escalates because of the 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 bo- the old boys network of the PGRML because of the attitude of these people and some ex-policemen and teachers who can never be wrong, I worry that that they might just double down. Um, I, you know, do you, do you know what I mean? I, I, I thought that things would improve in the past, and it's just got worse. So who knows? But, you know, the study's there to be to be read. I know it's so long. I've done a shorter version as well. Um, the, the data, I've presented as many graphs and tables, but if people want to get the raw data, just – just go on to transfer market, um, and yeah, and then I'll, I'll um, I'm going to go go away, take some ice baths, try and you know wander out into the wilderness, maybe you know try not to think about referees for the next um, the next few days. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if that will work. Well, I'll tell you what, Paul, because listen, it was fascinating to hear. No doubt we're all now going to be sort of tracking is probably the key word in the the rest of the season or the next few games at least because this is going to rumble on. It will be fascinating to see how the the attitudes, the issues develop, as it were. But to finish it almost on a a lighter note, I mean, it's still, even with all the the backdrop of this, it's been a, a good season for us so far. You know, we've 16 points from seven games. We're going quite well in the, the Cups. There's a lot to like about Liverpool this season. So one thing we always finish on on media on matters why it's early in the season, that James Pearce, for instance, went for Dominic Zabozlai. Neil Jones went for Cody Gakpo. It's early days, Paul, but if you had to predict now, who would you name for Liverpool's player of the season? Who do you think is going to be the main man come the end of this campaign? Um, yeah, I would probably go Slobazai. I still can't say his name properly. Um, just, I just think, I've, you know, I'm not sure about the comparisons to Steven Gerrard because I think he's actually better technically. He, he probably doesn't have Jack Gerrard's kind of insane drag of the team, although, you know, he, yeah. he, but we're talking about a player, you, you know, has he got? He's got the second fastest speed, top speed in the Premier League. Has he still got yeah. that? You're talking about a player that's kind of got Milner-esque levels on the lactate tests. You know, the, the whatever it was in you know the preseason. You know, he covers twelve, thirteen kilometers in a game. He's six one, six two. He's he's gone from a skinny, you know, nineteen year old to a powerhouse. Um, he's got the touch of a you know of an app. You know, I. I I've compared him to, a, to, a, to like a stronger Kevin De Bruyne. Um, at the same age, I think he's well ahead of where where De Bruyne was. <clears throat> yeah, he's he, he he presses like a like a lunatic, it seems, um, but cleverly. Um, I think he's he's the most complete player Liverpool have had in years. Um, yeah, but it, 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 you know, it, it's hard to know from this point. It's hard to know who will stay fit. Another problem with the two, you've got players like Alexis McAllister, I think he's now slightly scared to make a, ta- a tackle. Is, is Virgil van Dijk now scared to make a tackle? Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, is Curtis, yeah. will Curtis Jones, will he make a tackle? Curtis Jones' tackling and pressing has been brilliant, but we can't keep getting players sent off in first halves for, for kind of, you know, Tackles that are yellow cards at worst, in my in my mind. So, 
So it still it still comes back to that. I think just just generally, I think the fact that we've gone to Spurs, Chelsea, Newcastle, um, we played European teams in Villa and West Ham at home. Yeah. One easy game we had at home was Bournemouth, but we we had McAllister sent off. Um, then, I said, we've got Brighton at the weekend. That's away. So that'll be five out of eight games away. That's another European team. That's another, you know, potentially tricky game. I've lost count how many games we've played with, with, um, you know, have we been down to six men in some games? It feels like it. Um, I know that Andrew Beasley, <laughs> yeah. Andrew Beasley has just done something where he worked out that our XG against when we've got, We've had eleven men on the field. It's title women, title win, win, win. Yeah, title winning XG defensively. Yeah, so I think, and again, I think part of that is because Virgil Van Dijk is looking back to his best. I thought Matip has been excellent, apart from the the typical, you know, one one a game Matip shank somewhere, you know. So I th- and I think the midfield is helping the defence, and so I, I actually I think we're in we're an absolutely brilliant. Position given the games we've had, to have sixteen points from the games we've had, it, I think it's brilliant. I think we're with the situations we've faced, it's brilliant. But I don't know. We're now going to be playing games with players suspended. We've got Gakpo injured, and as I said, I don't know what it's going to do to our tackling and pressing. If if something if, if something positive doesn't come out of the yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, I think you're right there. It's a, it's a great start, and there's there's so much to be positive about. But the implications, kind of the ructions from this weekend, it's almost hoping in one way the the impact isn't too long lasting in a negative sense there for the, for those players like you've mentioned. I think in I think, that sense as well. I think the po- positive. Everyone's rightly saying that the, that they can take can take a huge positive for how well we played with ten men and nine men this season. But it is me, it is me for the, for the, for the tackling, because as I say, I don't think any of the red cards have been anywhere near as bad as anything, as I said, that was done to Gakpo last season. Some of the challenges that you see going in where players slide in, fly in and get, and it's not even a free kick if they, if they clip the ball. So, you know, we'll see, but I'm, I'm loving this season in a strange way. Um, but it's also, yeah, it's also been, it's also been stressful, and 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 yeah. Just finally, finally, one 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 surprise candidate for Player of the Year possible that I didn't think was even remotely likely would be Mo Salah, whose game is now he's lost a bit of pace. He's not doing the runs in behind as much, but his all round game I don't think has has, has been better. Um, so yeah. um, I was I was thinking. You know, yeah, cash, cash in if it goes to two hundred million. But but he has he has massively impressed me. Um, you know, and yeah, so I feel like I feel like everything's everything's united at the club. You know, the team, all that kind of sense. So lots of lots of my usual optimism in that sense. But but <laughs> it's like you know, we've had we had four red cards in seven games. If that if that even if that rate even halved, we'd st- we'd still. Yeah. Have- Absolutely screwed. So, anyway, sorry, I've, I've, I've rambled enough. No, not at all. Listen, all it really leads me to say, Paul, is listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, ladies and gents, if for any reason you have been living under a rock and you've not seen it, do head over to Tomkins Times to review that full study, that Homo sapiens study that we've talked through today. And naturally, I suspect there's going to be a, a follow on and things coming off the back of that. And fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe it's even used as some positive for, for Liverpool with the PGMOL. Who knows? But final thing I do want to say is, Paul, honestly, thank you for giving your time. Thank you for giving those in-depth answers. It is much appreciated, sir. No worries, Dave. Much, much you know, my pleasure is mine as well. It's lovely to lovely to have a chance to to, to vent these things, not just write them, um, but yeah, to, to to use my voice and and, and vent as well. So yeah, no, much appreciated. Brilliant. And hopefully, ladies and gents, you found it cathartic as well, because that was a Media Matters special for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. 
please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.